on today's episode. We're back in Zoom again, but we're talking North Division with the Habs, the Leafs, the Jets. The Leafs are dirty, the Jets are soft, and the Habs are good. They suck. We haven't really figured it out yet. And neither uh, have they. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, we talk about Robin Leonard and his comments about the vaccination and COVID protocols, but his Vegas Golden Knights are into the playoffs, along with the Avalanche, the Wild, and the Hurricanes. The NHL has a new deal with TNT and Turner Sports for seven years for a lot of cash. That is good for the league. And we finally get to our Stanley Cup picks. But... As always, Face Off Hockey Podcast is brought to you guys by Bean Bundle. Are you guys coffee lovers? Do you prefer fresh roasted beans every morning, in the afternoon, or at night? Then jump on and subscribe to Bean Bundle, Canada's newest coffee subscription. Each month you get to try different trendy and hip roasters from across the world. And the best part about it is it's delivered right to your door. Tell them how to get started. Unlike watching the Montreal Canadiens, it's super easy to get started. First, you just choose how much coffee you want per month. For an example, if I order two 12-ounce bags, that should last me about a month. You can choose how you brew at home. Do you use a filter or an espresso machine? Do you like light, medium, or dark roast? The choices are yours. But Mike, what happens if you don't have equipment? Don't worry, CAC. At Bean Bundle, they have everything from grinders, pour-over filters, and droppers. They got you covered, buddy. There's free shipping across Canada, and all you have to do is use our promo code PUCK25 at checkout to receive 25% off any month-to-month subscription. That's promo code PUCK25 at checkout. Fresh and different coffees for you and your loved ones to try every month. Visit BeanBundle.com for more. Episode 69, let's go. It's episode 69? Yeah. Nice. 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 It's only a game. Why do you have to be mad? This guy's such an idiot here. This is your podcast. Tiger, where are you? Tiger. <laughs> this is Face Off Hockey. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Nice. That is the special episode today. Nice. That's all we're going to say. We're just going to leave it at that. How you guys doing? Very nice. nice. <laughs> wow, we are. I, I, this was unplanned. I was expecting you guys to literally go, very nice. Very nice. Uh, so guys, welcome welcome back to the Face Off Hockey Podcast. If you're watching on YouTube, hit that subscribe button if you haven't already. You can do the same if you're just listening on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or wherever you guys happen to listen. You can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at FaceOffPuckPod, and you can follow us at the names below. So once again, we're still on Zoom for the time being, but you know we got the soundboard working a little bit, just like last, last time, right? Hey. It's very hard to me for me to control both, going. but we're going to try our, our great success to have both things going at the same time. <laughs> You know what wasn't a great success, actually, now that I mention it? Uh, Cole Caulfield's NHL debut. Uh, did you guys happen to catch any highlights or maybe a little bits and pieces of the game? Because obviously, you know, the blackout restrictions because we I... can't watch our own country. Oh, but I can watch the New York Yankees take on the Baltimore Orioles. Drives me absolutely insane. Does anyone know if those are going to go away? I think we touched upon it. Probably not. Um, I've seen some... 
I saw I saw highlights of the game. Nothing about Caulfield though. <laughs> so I don't know how he did. Yeah, I know he just got about 15 minutes in ice time. No goals. Shocker to the Montreal Canadiens fans. Um, it was bothering me a little bit, basically because you know, obviously there's big hype around him. We've seen a lot of his highlights from. Uh, his time with the United States program and the World Juniors playing in Wisconsin in the NCAA. And obviously he spent a couple games with the Laval Rocket in the American Hockey League. And this guy's clearly an electric goal scorer. And, you know, he comes out of doing a solo lap that all rookies do in the NHL. And they leave him with no bucket. Apparently it wasn't his plan to go no bucket. They just kind of took it from him and said, here's welcome to the show, kid. Um, and it's just bothering me because the NHL had made a post saying this kid's the future. He's the future. And well, don't you think it's a little bit early to declare someone the future of the NHL? Yeah, but the future what though? Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm wondering too. Cac. Future, future goal score ability guy. I don't know. I mean, he's, <laughs> he's real definitely small. Like, he's a future. He's Bilbo Baggins. That's his new nickname. Bilbo. Yeah, that is hilarious. By the way, I saw that. Uh, who was the picture? Was it Kakanyemi or someone? Yeah. KK uh, Kakanyemi. He had been. I guess his nickname is Bilbo. <laughs> it's obviously got to do with his small stature, which I find hilarious. Easily top three nickname already, and the guy just got into the league. Yeah, we'll see. I don't know. I'm the I'm in the camp that was like, okay. I mean, it's and I, I get it. Pandemic year, it's, it might be a little rushed, but sure, why the hell not? Because Montreal again, Jekyll and Hiding. They they this was the most important game for the Calgary Flames and the Montreal Canadiens, and uh, yeah, good to see that the Habs actually woke up for this one because holy shit. Yeah, I mean, I had a couple little news and notes I wanted to throw at you, but we've already started to talk about Cole Caulfield and the Montreal Canadiens. Um, so last night, I believe it was, they got the big win. Yeah, obviously, two nights ago. Sorry, past future. Welcome to the show. Um, they took on the Calgary Flames, and it's the last time they're going to play the Calgary Flames this season with only a handful of games remaining. I think it's about 10 now, maybe less than 10 at this less point. Less than 10, I think. Um, the Calgary Flames are the only team chasing them, pretty much. Vancouver, I really don't think. You know, they have a couple games in hand because they went through the whole COVID scare and they were off for three weeks, but I think that race is pretty much over. Um, so they get the big two points against the Calgary Flames. They have a few games remaining here. I have their schedule. Um, so they play the Leafs tonight. They'll play the Winnipeg Jets on Friday. And then for the rest of the season, I believe they play Ottawa twice. So maybe they can get some points there, but they still got to play the Leafs three more times, four if you include tonight's game, and the Edmonton Oilers two more times. So the Leafs are probably going to be looking to get primed and ready to go for the playoffs. Same with the Oilers. Cack, the resident Habs fan, I'm not going to throw Mike into it just this time, but thanks, buddy. do you you have confidence um, that the Montreal Canadiens will be able to find their way, their groove in the first Uh, round? You know, I watched the two games that weren't blacked out, uh, which sucks because one of them was Cassie Campbell and that other guy. But like, uh, oh man, I watched a bit of that too. Yeah, it, they they fun. were they were bad, man. Those not, two games they did good. not have a pulse. They made Markstrom look super good, uh, and not, not bad. Not I not just good at all. not good. I just I don't know. Like I said, man, Jekyll and Hyde. Good, eh? They they play <laughs> they play the Leafs so good. And so tight, and they play other teams that well, but then they also play teams like Calgary, like shit, man. It's so annoying to watch sometimes. And I was actually a little relieved.
relieved that I didn't watch uh, their last game against the Flames because I don't know what I would have done if they lost. They narrowly, like, come on, man. Tyler Toffoli can't score all the goals. Like, the yeah. offense cannot be that anemic. Like, and it was a little, a little weird having Caulfield on the first line, but whatever. So, you know what, man? I just, I have no expectations anymore because you can't be that brokenhearted when it all goes to shit. And it will because, I mean, unless they play Toronto strong these next couple of games, We'll see, but uh, yeah, a, they were they they were core. They had such a they had such a gap between them and Calgary and Vancouver, and it's like now it's 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 within its grasp. But this was a very important game and a very important win for Montreal, and good thing that they that they kept it together. I I think the Habs are identity searching right now. Like I think they have a lot of really good pieces that if you were to put them on other teams across the NHL might you know, make a big, big difference for other teams. Uh, you know, you got your your veteran defenseman, uh, Petrie, Weber, you know, you got guys back there. You got Romanov, sure. Um, but, you know, you got those vets back there. You got some vets up front, but really you're, the core group of their scoring team, of their scoring team, of their potent, their offensive potency is coming from rookies, young guys, Kotkin Yemi, uh, Nick Suzuki and now maybe Cole Caulfield. Cole Caulfield. Well, so, I mean, I, to be to be fair, the majority of the offense has been Anderson and Toffoli. Take yeah, that exactly. away. Who it else has. is scoring for them? It, and and that, that's the thing, right? So, and you got guys like Anderson and Toffoli who, like I said, on other teams are such good. Uh, I don't want to say second rate players or whatever, but they're such good guys to have on as depth players that can score goals. But when you look at the Habs, you still need that, you know, that potent offensive ability so that these guys can back that up. They're not supposed to be the main goal scorers on a team. So when you're the Habs relying on your young talent to pull through, I don't think that that's a really good business plan for them personally. The good thing was that they benched Drew N, which was good because (laughs) you know what? No, no, really. He's he sucks. He's so bad. He's such a. He's. Such I think a I saw loser. something like a, a stat. He's got how many goals does he have this year? By two. Way? He's got two. Yeah, and I want to say he's got three in the span of his last eighty-two games. I don't know oh. if that was the exact oh. stat, but if he's got two lost, this year, it sounds about right. And we lost Sergachev for him. Oh, Fuck. dude, what a terrible trade! Like a terrible trade. That, but yeah. I I saw it at the time because you know the Habs were desperate to try and find. A, a forward. I was going to say mainly a centerman, but Jaren's kind of split time on both sides of the middle of the ice and on the wing, right? Um, but, you know, oh, French-Canadian kid, you know, high draft pick. He's got a lot of talent, causing a ruckus in Tampa Bay, and he wasn't a part of the Yeiser plan in Tampa Bay. Um, and I don't understand. Like, I think Steve Yzerman, what part of what makes him so great as a general manager, um, I think he's just finding ways to exploit other teams' weaknesses. So he clearly saw that Drouin wasn't working with Tampa Bay. And, you know, Montreal was so desperate for a winger that they were almost willing to give up anything. And they happened to give away Sergachev, who was their best prospect at the time. And what do we always... Sorry, Kak, but what do we always say about defensemen in the NHL? They're very hard to come by, and you really only get them through the draft. And Montreal was just like, go take them. We'll take Jonathan Juen. And the writing was kind of on the wall already with Juen. You know, he was kind of a loose cannon in Tampa Bay on a team where he really had no, I guess, clout to kind of pull the stuff that he did at yeah. the time. So, 
<laughs> Steve Eisenman, which, well done on that one. Which which surprises me because Mark Bergevin very rarely does he lose on trades, and in this one he got raped. He got Bill Cosby raped, man. That was Whoa, bad. Jesus. <laughs> Sorry, I'm in a mood. My bad. Cardi B drugged. Whatever. Okay. Here we Don't go. cancel yeah, me yet. That's more so he he got Cardi B, man. Like it was absolutely ridiculous because Bergevin very rarely does he lose on a deal like this. And I didn't like Drewan because I heard that he was such a head case. And when Steve Eiserman doesn't like you, you know something's wrong because mm. it's Steve Eiserman, man. He makes yeah. things happen. He makes things work. Like it's just oh, it, it, this this all this was just a disaster and. And I'm just so sick of this guy. And we had to, we had, we kept Noah Jolson and then we lost him on waivers. We had yeah. uh, that Tenorti guy and we lost him, I think, on some minor league trade. But the one you really let go is for Zergachev, who, yeah, uh, who somehow dropped to number nine. I believe he was ninth overall. Number nine. Come on, man. Yep. Just bad management. And, you know, it's just a move by Mark Bergevin uh, at the time that reeked of. Is desperacy a word? Desperacy? Desperate. Desperation. Desperation. Desperacy. Yeah, desperacy. I don't know where I was on that one, but. Parisi? Zach Desperacy? Yeah, Parisi. Remember that when he's like, yeah, I've been in the league for 12 years, but just start calling me by a different name now. Get used to it, all right? Yeah, not a fan. Yeah, What also came up in the news last night, and I think the air kind of got sucked out of it a little bit because of the Cole Caulfield fiasco and hoopla that was going on, but apparently Patrick Waugh is looking to get back in the NHL and Mm. obviously at a head coaching position. The last time we saw him, you know, he was losing his cool behind the bench for the Colorado Avalanche. You know, um, I'm one that thinks he's just a awesome hockey talent obviously with that goes without saying but what I was going to say was he's good for the NHL you know he brings a lot of controversy with the way you know he goes about doing some things behind the bench and he really wants to get his hand in into everything in an organization um, it's obviously a known fact that the Montreal Canadiens want a French speaking coach now Bergevin did say when Claude Julien got fired that Dominic Ducharme was always on his radar. This is the guy we want. I think that's a load of crap. Um, it is a load of crap. He's done nothing. Because if you really wanted him, you could have put him in before Julian, right? I mean, maybe because Julian's been there before. He'd been with Boston, won a cup. He's got the experience, blah, blah, blah. You give him the shot first, obviously. But if Patrick Watt really wants to get back into coaching, do the Montreal Canadiens really take a look at that? You know, he's got history with the team. Good and bad, however you want to look at it. But there's no doubt I think Patrick Watt could definitely light some fire under some guys' asses in the dressing room. Um, I don't know if it'd be good on a team with guys like Shea Weber, Corey Perry, if he decides to stick around. But this is all obviously hypothetical if Patrick Watt does go back to Montreal. But seeing the kind of person he is, the name recognition, the fact that he just speaks French, I think he automatically becomes the number one candidate for the Montreal Canadiens if they want to switch coaches. Uh, I'd be more worried about Patrick Waugh leaving when things get tough. He has a history. This guy <laughs> is a notorious person who just leaves when there's anything. Like, look, he Sorry, left Montreal. I, when I can't hear going. you. I have my two Stanley Cup ring plugged in my ear. Oh, right. I actually fooled you. You thought I couldn't hear him. <laughs> no, yeah, I couldn't. I thought, yeah. He, he also didn't, he also didn't 
he took himself out of contention for the 2002 Olympic team because he was told that he wasn't going to be the full out starter. And so he dropped out of that when he won coach of the year for the Colorado avalanche and things got tough the year or two after I forget exactly the timeline, he stepped away. Mm-hmm. So I don't think Montreal. It's, it's not so much. Should Montreal get this guy? I think is where would Patrick wall want to go? Because Patrick wall wants to go in the best position to win as possible. And uh, if there's any adversity, he wants out. Yeah, I mean, the only reason I think I brought up, I bring up Montreal and why most people are bringing up Montreal is because he basically just announced that he, you know, he signed with a new agency kind of thing and he wants, he's making it clear he wants to get back into coaching. And obviously, the coaching changes that have gone on Montreal, the fact that he speaks French, the fact that it's Patrick Waugh, you think yeah, it's an automatic I mean, fit. So it'll be interesting. He automatically gets a shot no matter what. Like, uh, Yeah, I, I, I would assume so. But like Kak has pointed out, it, who knows what could really happen there. Um, this guy, he could probably go and be like, I've coached my last game for the Montreal Canadiens. Like, <laughs> in, in the middle like of a five-game yeah. slump. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't, I don't trust this guy. Yeah, really, he pulled himself he, in 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 a, in a game in the middle he, of a game. Like, he's the spouse that just like he's the type of spouse that like they get in an argument. He doesn't get in his way. He doesn't get his way. And he pouts. He stomps. He's like, this is fucking bullshit. I'm gonna go well, to the bar the, now. He's the gold digger spouse, the one that divorces you as soon as you go bankrupt. Oh, that's better. I like that. <laughs> I mean, the guy's got pedigree, though, on the rink, on the ice. So he's no Nelson Mandela. He's no Nelson mean, Mandela for his glorious uh, goaltending career. But uh, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll but cut Nelson him some Mandela, slack. man, African division. You <laughs> yeah, could do anything. Yeah, exactly. Great. Presence. On and off the ice. Yeah, on and off the ice. Exactly. <laughs> um, let's stay in the North Division for now. Uh, breaking news, guys. The Leafs are a dirty team, according to the oh. soft ass Winnipeg Jets. Um, well, let's put this into perspective. At one point, Mike Babcock, when he was here, he said, our power play is our toughness. And right now the Leafs are 27th in hits and penalty minutes. So hardly a dirty team. Now, obviously, I want to make sure you guys obviously had saw those back to back games against the Winnipeg Jets, right? Uh yeah, especially like on Saturday because there was no way I was watching Montreal and Calgary again with yeah. Cassie Campbell and that other guy. <laughs> so so Joe Thornton goes out and gets the fi- maximum fine under the CBA. What is it like five thousand dollars and forty eight cents or whatever oh, it is? Thornton? Yeah, it was like three thousand. Yeah, three thousand nine hundred forty eight and six cents. Something stupid. Whatever the maximum is. Um, and then the next game he goes out and he's just beacon at Nick Ehlers the entire time. Um, Nick Ehlers actually out now for the remainder of the season, apparently going to come back in the playoffs for the Winnipeg Jets. And it had to do I think that's I, a charade, personally. Maybe. I think it had to do something with just an awkward collision with Jake Muzzin. Um, then the fact that, you know, I think it was from the first game of these back-to-back games where Paul Maurice was asked the question. So let's just say that the Winnipeg Jets didn't put it out there that the Leafs are a dirty team. He was kind of asked the question, do you think they're a dirty team? And he goes, well, you know, the league thinks they are. Their pockets are going to be a little bit lighter today. But he was just kind of, you know, making light of the situation. I mean, come on, Joe Thornton. Okay, I got to get mad at Joe there because what he does is he cross-checks Ehlers, right? Breaks the stick, goes to the bench, break, like cross-checks him again. And then he pushes refs out of the way in the scrum to get to Ehlers. How, like, of course that guy was going to get fined. Like, I couldn't believe what I was seeing. I think Joe Thornton, he sees that his spot's slipping away and he's trying to hang on to it. He's being desperate right I now. I think you 100% nailed it, Kak. I've seen I've seen desperation in Joe Thornton's eyes coming off two games with a goal in each. I think I think I could be wrong on that, but I think he did score 
twice in the last two or or at least one in the last two. And uh, I think you're right. I think he's trying to get involved. He's trying to show people why he's there. And if he can't score and make it make an effect on the score sheet, then maybe it can be another way like that. And to be fair, listen, listen, (laughs) he found his role. I got to be honest with you. I, I, I love it. I love seeing that shit. I love it. I never, for as, as a Lee fan growing up, I can't tell you the last time I've seen a Leaf do shit like that. And well, yeah. Well, you know who else I, I loves love it, it is the team because Jake Muzzin had said after that game, and I'm paraphrasing, but basically the way Thornton's been playing lately is giving everyone else the confidence and an extra pep in their step because they're like, holy shit, Joe's going out there causing havoc, beacon at people. Let's go, boys. Like, Joe wants it. Let's get involved. And we have been talking about for the past couple of weeks on the show and off the air. Joe Thornton has been a ghost for the Toronto Maple Leafs ever since he came back from the injury back at the beginning of the season. And I think now he's finally starting his role. The playoffs are around the corner. Everything's ramping up. I think maybe he's listening a little bit to the media out the media out there saying the that this guy's probably going to lose his spot if they don't pick it up because, you know, you got Riley Nash coming in. What happens with Galchenyuk? Hyman's going to come back in the lineup. Are you going to take out Pierre Engvall? Like, there's a lot of moving parts that still has to come into fruition here for the Toronto Maple Leafs. And right now, if Joe Thornton can keep playing like this for the next couple weeks, right up until playoffs, I don't think you can take him out at all. And that is completely different from what I was saying last week. Is McKayev's is what he's back. He just got back. He's back. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. I just, I didn't like seeing that. I just, you know, he, and he can get mad at the thing was they, they were playing smart. They were playing mental gymnastics, the the, Thornton taken out Ehlers and then, Dubois, because Shifley was was being benched, right? Because you know he doesn't like analytics, but he also doesn't like playing defense. I'm getting defense. giddy, I'm getting giddy just thinking Wayne, about all this shit. Wayne Simmons, Chirp, and, and hey, I've done it too. I did it in house league hockey. Take away the best players if you know you're not coming back or whatever. Give yourself the edge. Yeah. But like, come on. Then they take Pierre uh, Pierre Luc Dubois out of there because Simmons and him were jawing. So it was a little bit of mental gymnastics, and I don't know what's going on with the Jets. They just seem to be a very frustrated group. I don't know what it is, but they just seem like they're just on edge all the time. Yeah. It's like, well, you got rid of Patrick Liney. I thought everyone would, should be happy campers right now, oh, but it's boy. like, no, they don't want to play captain defense. is clearly a fucking dick, dude. Like, <laughs> look, he admitted it when cap, when, when captain, when Patrick Liney was traded, he literally admitted. Uh, yeah. I was kind of a fucking douchebag. Cause I was threatened by him. Like he literally openly said that. What kind of captain is that? That's toxicity starting right from the top and hey. trickling down to the rest of your team. And I tell my female friends about their boyfriends when I ever, and when I enter a room, but Hey, they still do it. Oh, sorry. Different topic. Um, yeah, I, I get it. I get <laughs> no, it. It's, it's like, no, like, and you think they learn from that. It's just, it, I don't know. Like, I don't understand how you don't play. Like, you're lucky that you have Connor Hellebuck in that, guys, because, oh, my God, you guys don't come back. You guys I mean, just really, loiter around. Yeah. Like, who's their leader? Tell me who the leader is on that team. Is it Blake Wheeler or is it Mark Shifley or is it Connor like, Hellebuck? I think it's, like, I think it's, it's Paul Maurice, to be honest. <laughs> there's no there's no one player in that group of players. It was Bufflin. Mm-hmm. It was Bufflin, but it's not there anymore. And it's, know. it's a vacant, you, you can really, really, it's really being exposed to them right now. They're childish. You know, I look at players like Ehlers, Kyle Connor, uh, Cal, I call him Cal Connor. I like both those um, guys too. 
great players, great players, but they're not leaders, right? Like they're, I don't think they're leaders personally. Well, we um, really can't speak to that because we're not in the room or anything like that. I mean, and I, I think, I think you just have a slight bias because you just love the Maple Leafs and you hate the way the Winnipeg Jets have kind of gone at them the last well, couple I just, days. I just don't see a charismatic player on that team. And I think charisma is a huge factor in what makes a good leader. Now you have a leader like John Tavares. He doesn't need charisma because there's enough charisma he on he, the, he doesn't have it. Well, that's the thing, but he doesn't need it because A, he leads by his play, by his effort, and he, and he leads by example. You know, he shows up, he does the right things. Yeah. You know, just quiet, calm, cool, collected guy. Then you got people like Jumbo and you got people like Simmons. You know, that's the charisma. Spezza, mm-hmm. that's the charisma. On the Jets, I don't see that charisma. And I oh. think like even Neil Pionk and like Josh Morrissey and... Like you're not, those guys aren't going to be the guys that are going to bring that to you. So I'll tell you, because Winnipeg was my second favorite team until Vegas came around, but I, I really liked the jets. I love, I love the jets, but man, was there a whole, really? I don't, I don't, I can't tell. (laughs) I'm just saying (laughs) there were, I'm, I'm, hold on. There were whole. There was a huge hole when Lad left, when Bufflin left, when that leadership uh, core left, and you can kind of see it, and, and you can kind of, you kind of can feel the toxicity permeating through the screen a little bit, and it's like I want this team to do well. They're great players, but they just they get in their own way, and it's just it's just it's worrisome, you know. Hundred percent Jets fans. Hundred percent agree with you there, Cac. I. I I enjoyed watching the Winnipeg Jets when they were, you know, when they returned as the Winnipeg Jets, when they had Lad, they had Bufflin, right? I love their team. I used to really, really, really like their team. And I just don't love what has happened to them. Like, I mean, they have really, really good pieces. Don't get me wrong, but you need a leader and they don't have one really. So, yeah, I mean, that's just the way we look at it from the outside. But either way, I think that the Leafs and the Jets are going to end up meeting each other in the playoffs in the second round, um, providing they, <laughs> the Jets can get past Edmonton, because I do feel pretty confident that the Leafs can get past Montreal. It might be tough, and it's the Toronto Maple Leafs, but who really knows what's going to happen? I, you got to well, think just, that the way they're playing, they're going to beat the Montreal Canadiens, no problem. You'd hope, but it's nice to see the Leafs own real estate in other people's heads, and it's not the other way <laughs> around. So. Because for once, for once, it's nice to see Mark Scheifele nice. absolutely flipping his lid on like the post game presser. I, I I think they're a dirty team. I don't care. It's a blah blah blah. Well, what, the what, other thing like, about Scheifele was was that he, he's like, I don't agree with being benched, and it's like right there, guys. Like, come on, like at least take a little bit. If not publicly maybe privately you could just say to yourself you know that was a little bullshit but you're starting waves again when you go within the press conference and you're like yeah that was i shouldn't have been benched that's like freaking bullshit now it's good for the leafs because this is the toughest team i think they've had like physically toughest team they've had since the days of dummy tucker um corson and all those guys clearly yeah yeah oh he's a dummy he's an idiot have you heard him speak good god seen the size Um, of his dome and Ty Domi. Yeah. Ty Domi and I'll get out not yet. Bye. So so it's kind of cool to see the Leafs finally have an edge because for many years they haven't had one. Playoff ready, man. Building for the playoffs. Um but we've it, we've we could have all we've had talent in the past. We've never had mental toughness like we have right now. So gentlemen, knock on wood, open. You're not good to win on talent alone. <laughs> Um, but speaking of talent and talent alone, Freddie Anderson, he's been alone by himself for the last couple weeks, figuring out basically whatever's wrong with, I think he kind of alluded to, he had a problem with his knee, um, nothing too serious, but just couldn't find comfort in playing 
consistently, and maybe that was hindering his high level. He wants to come back now. He's been on the ice with the Leafs for the past couple days, and, you know, he obviously wants to get a couple games in before the playoffs. Now, confidence level, Mr. Lascaris on Freddie Anderson when he comes back. Uh, to me, before you give an answer, I think it's a lose-lose because if Freddie Anderson comes in and he doesn't play well, people are going to say, oh, it's it's the rust. He, uh, You know, you can't trust him going into the playoffs. And if he does play well, it's like, oh, okay, well, he's playing well. Let's just see how he's going to do in the playoffs. And then if it doesn't go well in the playoffs, then all hell is going to break loose once again. And I think that would probably be the last time we see Freddie Anderson in Toronto, if I'm being honest. Um, so my confidence level is kind of like at a 50 um, I think we can go with Jack Campbell, David Riddick in the playoffs. I don't want to. Um, I would rather have a healthy, normal Freddie Anderson, maybe like a first month of the season type of Freddie Anderson. Um, but yeah, Mike, where are, you, where are you at with Freddie Anderson? Because you've been a big uh, proponent of the guy, but your mood's kind of changed the last year. I have, and I still am. I still have the most confidence in Freddie as our goalie going forward and into the playoffs as I do you know, I, if it's not more than Jack Campbell, it's at least at the same level as I have the confidence in Jack Campbell. Um, at this point, if it's anything, if he's going to come back with half of the edge that Joe Thornton has shown in the last two games, given the fact that, you know, he's his job is being threatened by some younger uh, and also maybe new recruits that the Leafs have recently brought in. I'm hoping it does the same thing for Freddie. You know, hopefully it helps dial him in. Uh and plays the best, you know, saves as many shots as he can and as many as he's ever saved. So I'm hoping it, it works to the Leafs' advantage, to Freddie's advantage. I'm hoping he comes back stronger. Um, but I agree, G. I think it's 50-50 chance. I mean, it could go either way. I don't know what goalies think of. I, I don't even pretend to try to figure it out because I think they're crazy for doing what they do anyways. So uh, I, I, I think it's 50 50 right now and i think you're right i think it's a lose lose freddie comes back does shit everyone's like ha told you that's not good for the team it's not good for freddie it's not really good for anyone if he comes back does well you know we make it decently far into the playoffs but we lose he's probably still going to leave and we're going to be stuck with jack campbell and everyone's going to say ah well he wasn't really the guy last year and it's kind of creates a bit of awkwardness within the dressing room within the team going forward regardless of what happens so i i hope it's not a leonard mark andre Fleury situation where next year they're going to be forced to stick with the same tandem but it's kind of awkward i don't know i mean we'll i would take that right now they're doing pretty well <laughs> i 100 percent leonard's 12 right one now. and two man like that man, it's it's something yeah i don't know yeah so i it's tough to say i mean it i i think it with goalies, it's already a big question mark. You never know what kind of goalie you're going to get. Even Hellebuck, right? Like, Vesna winning goalie. I think he's fucking fantastic. A fantastic goalie. Mm -hmm. And the Leafs lit him up three shot, three goals in, I don't know, three shots or something when he when we played Winnipeg the first game. So it's tough to say with goalies. Uh, Freddie especially. That being said, I have confidence, and I believe that he will be the guy going forward. Yeah, Mikey, so you mentioned, you know, the oh, well, I had also went on to reiterate that Flurry and Leonard are doing pretty good together as a tandem this year, and that wouldn't necessarily be a bad thing uh, for the Leafs in the future if they had Freddie Anderson come back healthy, Jack Campbell healthy. But what concerns me is Freddie Anderson's contract number um, and what he's going to be looking for. He said with the media, you know, obviously talking about his injury, that you know he's not really thinking about it. He said he's an excellent goaltender. He's going to let his play do the talking. 
Um, I believe he's making about $5 million right now. Uh, If if Freddie Anderson had thrown up the table of Kyle Dubas and Brendan Shanahan said, I can stay for another three years at the same price, would you guys take that deal? Probably Mm. not. Probably not, yeah. Probably not. It's tough. This this guy's, yeah, no. The way I look at it, it's you're spending $5 million on either Freddie Anderson or Zach Hyman. Um, and I think without a, without a doubt, it goes oh, to yeah. Zach Hyman. Absolutely. Uh, not to mention, you know, you have, I guess, a little bit of goaltending depth behind Freddie Anderson right now with Campbell. Riddick, if he wants to stay in Toronto for another year, that would be I'm, a big I'm question fully mark. Confident, fully confident with a, a Campbell-Riddick tandem into next year, I got to be honest with Spicy. you. Spicy. Spicy meatball. Riddick, you know, you get, you, you, you get what you get with David Riddick, but... I mean, you know, the guys pulled through for for Calgary a lot. So, like, you know, I I don't think that he doesn't have the ability to be a really good goalie. Mm -hmm. And then Jack Campbell, you know, if he can just stay, uh, you know, consistent, I think I don't think it would be a big detriment to the Leafs to let go of Freddie, especially the opportunity cost of keeping either Freddie or Hyman. I think without a doubt, Zach Hyman is the guy to keep for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Tough to say, though. Cack, were you going to say something? What happens when uh, Campbell goes down and you have to rely <laughs> on Reddick? There you go. Reddick and uh, Villaggio or whatever. Or, or, Vel- or, or Joseph <laughs> Walt. Like, who knows, yeah. right? You're fucked. What happened when Freddie what happens when Freddie goes down and we, we have Michael Hutchinson and we just trade it? We just, know. you know, let yeah. Uh, Curtis McElhaney walk and we have to make some stupid trades to get some really shitty goalies. I mean, yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, you're right. Goalies will win you a championship, but I really think you look at St. Louis, like you can ride a hot goalie and yeah, if it's, it's true. just that person's year. Then, you know, it could happen with any goalie really. I don't think it has to be Bobrovsky making 10 million plus a year or Carey Price, neither of whom have a Stanley Cup, by the way. So, well, well no one was saying that. <laughs> no, one, no one was saying he wasn't a goaltender. I'm just saying, like, I people say goaltending wins championships, but at the same time, like, you know, the last, I don't want to say the last every year. I mean, look at Tampa, for example, but I don't know. I, there's, there's arguments to be made of the yeah, contrary. I know, but. My problem is when you have like, and you saw it last last playoffs with uh, Toronto Columbus, like you can have all the goal scoring pr- proudness you can get, but like once, but eventually there comes games where the goal uh, where the goal scoring dries up. You just you can't get anything going. You can't get your mojo going. You know you have to rely on a goaltending and and like defense is a part of that. So it's like like when that when those games happen and they do happen. I mean, it happened to the Leafs in the game five series, the five game series. Sorry. Like, you know, you have to rely on somebody to pull you out of it. Now, we know that Anderson's not that guy. This guy, no. if anything, should but have a pay is, decrease. But how is Corpus or Elvis Merzlikin supposed to be expected to be that guy either? They yeah, weren't I know. expected I mean, to be that guy. They were yeah. just lucky, right? Yeah. They were making less money than Freddie Anderson was. So it just like for me, spending money on a goalie in the modern day NHL today I mean, you could you could yeah. be obsolete the next year. Like, I, look at Carter Hart. Like, the guy did a full mm. one eighty. Biddington did a full one eighty. Like, I I don't know what to say about a lot of these goalies. It's again one of the hardest positions for anyone to play in sports, yeah. in my opinion. So could be. I don't know. Well, but, I mean, 
two things about that. Carter Hart, sophomore slump. Uh, Bitchington over there, he doesn't have Alexander Pertangelo and he didn't have Jay Bolmeister this year. Ooh, now, okay. now he has to work for that. it. Right. Fair. So I don't know. You're, you guys make, we make, I, I think there's arguments to be made both sides, uh, you know, on both sides here. Uh, if the Leafs can maybe turn, uh, get a, a good defenseman, a good, like a good D pairing, you know, uh, they might not need a goalie as bad. So I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. Really. But definitely, definitely keep Hyman over Anderson. Like that's not yeah. even a debate. I, I, I don't I think it's a debate right now at this point. And it might, it, it may be a little easier to say that because, you know, there's Campbell, Riddick, you know, I've said this like three so times. I'm now, just, but. is anyone curious? Like, has anyone looked into Zach Hyman's like deep, dark analytical stats or anything like that? Like, I'm curious to know what he's look what he looks like to the analytics world versus what he looked like to the analytics world three years ago. I could really because, care less what the analytical well, world well, says about I, Zach Hyman because I know he's a great player. Well, that's that's my point was three years ago, I knew Zach Hyman could have the potential to be the player that he is right now. I could see that regardless of what the advanced analytics said. Mm. I could see that Zach Hyman had the potential to be the player that he's been for the Toronto Maple Leafs last year and this year and hopefully going forward. So... I want to know, and this is the reason why I asked that, is because to me, I it does fucking matter. To me, it cares because if the advanced analytics three years ago on Zach Hyman looked like shit, but now all of a sudden they look great, I'm going to call bullshit on advanced analytics because I don't think he's modified his game in any like in any drastic way for him to say like, oh, it's because he did this. That's why he's doing so much better. I don't. I think he's played the similar type of game he's always played. So. That's, I mean, that's my. I point. think it's got a lot to do with the kind of person he is, the kind of hockey player he is, the kind of game he plays, the role right. he's in, the position he's in. It's just a lot of things are aligned. Toronto boy, so I yeah. think there's a little bit more passion uh, in the background to play for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Um, I just, think I don't think it's the calculators kind of of, got all upset about him. I don't think like they, yeah. I don't, I don't remember any of the calculator nerds. No. Bitching. I, well, I also I don't feel hear like them I, say like, "Oh, Zach Hyman is a fucking analytics king." Because yeah. they don't say that. Why don't they say that? Because Maybe he's probably because he's not. not. Yeah, he's because probably he's not. not. And Yet the fact is, that he's I unreal <laughs> with confidence that he is. I I have the most confidence in Zach Hyman that I I do in any other player, even in Toronto, for example. Because like, I just I I trust the guy. I, he could fucking. You, you know, know what you're you know what you're gonna get. You you know exactly what you're gonna get out of Zach Hyman. Right. So so I, I think that's something to be said for whether or not you're a good hockey player or not. For sure. Uh, switching gears a little bit. Four teams have officially punched their ticket to the Stanley Cup playoffs. Claps all around for those guys, of course. The Vegas Golden Knights, the Minnesota Wild, the Colorado Avalanche, and the Carolina Hurricanes. Of those four teams, I don't know if this is going to be a little bit of a spoiler alert because we are going to give our cup favorite picks for $15, the big whopping $15 on the table. I know we set this up a couple weeks ago. It's hanging up there in Mike's room beside the God William Nylander card. Um, that will be some one of us, hopefully, if one of uh, us picks the right team to win the Stanley Cup, but we had set this up a couple weeks ago on the second episode back in studio, said we're going to give um, our cup picks uh, and one reason why we think they're going to win the cup, but also a reason as to why they're not going to win the cup because we don't want to be totally biased with our picks. But before we get to that in a second, of those four teams, um, I f first of all, I find it a little bit surprising that the Toronto Maple Leafs haven't clinched a spot yet. I don't know if there's some weird mathematical shit. Like, they're clearly going to make the playoffs, Right. 
Well, like, they're just they're standing. Anything's possible with the Leafs. I, I guess, I but, but but if you look at it, like they're clearly making the playoffs. So I'm, how does yes. this clinching system work? Does anyone really know? Like there's there's always that the magic number. Like we hear it all the time uh, in baseball, especially you know three and a half more games till ah. the magic number. They clinch. CAC, what have you found out? I think I think it's like they can't be like. There's no way that their rank. Ah, fuck. Actually, I don't know. I don't. I think it's based on if any of the teams in the bottom can can surpass them at the top or in something like that. For like they can't move. They can't move like playoff team, non-playoff team. Or they okay, can't okay. Really move that makes team. sense. That makes sense. Because, but, yeah, St. Louis mathematical. Because mm-hmm. St. Louis has a huge gap between Minnesota right now, which is the third place team. Like. I don't know. It's kind of weird. Like you think they would, they would clinch, right? But they could always come forth. I don't know. It's it's it's, it's probability, and you know, like what are the chances given this amount of games left? This person has this many. This team has this many games in hand. It's a really really complex. Yeah. So like, sure okay, plug it in right? Like if Calgary wins all their games and Toronto loses all their games, there's a chance, right? So you're saying there's a chance. (laughs) (laughs) Which, although they both have 48 games played and it's a 56-game season, right? Yes. Well, shit, then why why hasn't Toronto... I know. I I, I don't don't understand it. it, Yeah, that's that's dumb. It's irrelevant. We know, like... Yeah. The North is, like, the most competitive, but, like, come on. Like, what the hell? Yeah. Um, So I mentioned the Vegas Golden Knights as one of the teams uh, that have clinched the playoff spots. Did you guys happen to see last week or hear Robin Leonard's comments about the uh, vaccination and the protocols going on? Let's let's get a little political here. Uh, Cac's got his book out. Um, I was going to play the clip, but I couldn't find the actual, I guess, minute and a half window with the most important information. They're just throwing up the full 10 minute clips. I don't want to go through it and have us potentially maybe getting taken down or anything, but basically said in a nutshell that. Uh, you know, obviously, Robin Leonard, big advocate for mental health, and it goes back to a couple of years ago when he won the Masterton Award. Um, it, yes, the Masterton. Um, basically, was saying that, you know, they kind of got cornered. Well, he felt that they kind of got cornered into forcibly getting vaccinated by the NHL, and they were told that when they were going to get vaccinated, that they're going to have looser restrictions. And then he basically came out and said, that's a complete crock of shit. They lied to us. They kind of retracted that statement that was never really publicly known um maybe they had told the teams the league and the pa you know if you do get fully vaccinated you can go out (laughs) um you can have dinner uh you can work out you can see your family they don't have you don't have to get tested whatever and the nhl kind of pulled back on that and leonard has been outspoken about it i haven't really seen him get too much flack a lot of people are saying good for you for speaking out um, but did you guys have any initial reactions? Oh, Kat, yeah. you, I, I, I obviously know you have a reaction. You showed me the book, so I'll let you go. Oh, boy. Okay, very rarely, very rarely, and I'm not saying that I do side with it, but very rarely am I the devil's ad- advocate for the NHL on this. Uh, I could imagine a scenario where the NHL could have called an audible due to the Brazil variant that took out the Vancouver Canucks and the variant that was coming from India. I can, I can see that happening. Now this whole notion that, you know, they forced us to take the vaccine is a little harsh. The NHL has come out and said that they haven't spoken to Leonard or anyone from the NHL has spoken to Leonard for that matter. Okay. Who do we believe? Uh, They said that we haven't talked to any players about relaxed uh, COVID protocols. Leonard now, 
keep in now this is to keep things in context here leonard has bipolar does bipolar he has bipolar and he's had substance abuse problems in the past so being alone in a hotel room or confined to one's home is not the ideal situation for him now could i also see a scenario where like the nhl is dangling this thing with the players going like look you just get the vaccine and you guys can do whatever the mlb and the nba does the thing with the this is a, there was no paper trail or no, that, that we know of. Nothing was signed, but it's easier for the NBA and MLB to do this as they have no teams playing in Canada. Now, Robin Leonard since has apologized for calling the hotels a prison. And then he, and although he hasn't quite addressed what the NHL said would change, I think this is why he hasn't been fined. Mm. So that's a little sus. Now, if the NHL had said and like said, look, you know, the COVID response plan didn't unfold the way we thought it did, then that'd be one thing. But that would have to mean that the NHL would have to admit they were wrong about something, which is something that they don't do. (laughs) Right. So who knows exactly what happened? The NHL is saying like, look, he hasn't talked to us. We haven't talked to really anybody. And he's and Leonard saying something else now. But again, he hasn't been fined. So I don't doubt the fact that someone whoever handles Robin Leonard's, you know, PR shit or, you know, make sure that he's a happy guy. I can guarantee they're probably just telling this guy whatever the fuck they need to tell him to keep him playing well in net, Uh, which makes me think it's probably someone from Vegas who's like, hey, yeah, you know, I spoke to Gary last week and uh, he told me that if you get the vaccine, looser restrictions, but they're probably just trying to make sure that Leonard starts for the next game. So, I don't know. Like I, I find it a conflict of interest, you know, maybe he's getting some misleading information from someone within the organization, uh, you know, who's led him to believe one thing, but it's never been a a thing to begin with, but you're right. I I don't, you know, if you look at our own Ontario government, for example, you Hmm. know, these guys will never admit when they're wrong, especially uh, in a situation when it comes around health health situation mental and physical we're gonna give you stick days and then they don't do it for 21 times in a row yeah and the thing is like look i mean the nhl is run by lawyers i get it but again we don't he leonard hasn't said specifically exactly what the nhl has quote-unquote promised and he says i've had calls from the league and the nhl pa okay if you've had calls from the league who did you talk to (laughs) <laughs> and what did they say? Like, yeah. you know, it's you're making this blanket statement. I'm not saying he's lying. Someone definitely is lying. I'm not saying who someone is, is for lying. sure. But I, and I don't even know if it's someone that's lying on purpose or if it's just, you know, something that was lost in in communication, lost in translation. I would have just so. I would if I were the NHL, it's not really it doesn't take much to be like, look, it didn't unfold the way we thought it would. We have these new variants coming in that we didn't even know if the Canucks at a certain point were going to come back and play in the in the National Hockey League this season. I why I don't know why that the NHL hasn't done at least that, but then it's like again, you know, their pride would be hurt a little bit. But it's at the time like there's nothing in it for them to have their ego bruised. I was gonna say, I, I get it in the sense of a politician who wants to get voters to vote for him next year, but in the sense for the NHL, it's like no, it's not like no one's voting to not watch you next year. So like, you know, you gotta, hey. it's okay for you to admit when you're wrong, like. Well, I don't think they have to worry about viewership. NHL is going to have three times as much revenue in the TV partnerships that they've just done. Bye-bye, yeah. Okay, NBC. good segue, oh, Mr. Kakamo. Good segue. wait to not watch hockey on NBC. Yeah, yeah so NBC on. no longer a partner with the National Hockey League. Uh, obviously, a couple of weeks ago, the NHL announced that they have 
an exclusive deal coming up with ESPN. And now the NHL and Turner Sports have announced the seven-year media rights agreement uh, yesterday that will have the regular season Stanley Cup playoff and Stanley Cup final games, games televised on TNT and TBS starting next season and running through 2027 and 2028. So we've got a little bit of the NBA on TNT theme. Uh, I would love to see Charles Barkley, Ernie Johnson, Shaquille O'Neal, and and Kenny the Jet Smith doing uh, some hard-hitting hockey analysis. I think Charles Barkley would be all right. He wouldn't be just bad. imagine Shaq losing his shit after <laughs> someone like gets a puck to the face or like a, a big hit's thrown. Just, oh, why, they don't drop, why they don't drop the glove? Why you couldn't do that, Charles. Glove? You couldn't do that. <laughs> yeah, imagine those two just dressed in full hockey gear, like trying to do a face-off and dropping oh, the gloves. That, like, that'd, be, oh, that'd be tough to watch. I'd see it, but... Yeah. Um, I do think this is a good, a great thing for the NHL, obviously. Uh, you know... Turner Sports, they're a division of Warner Media, which is a part of Walt Disney and ESPN, so it was pretty easy for the NHL to make this decision. Um, uh, next seven years, and this, I think it ends up being $625 million for yeah. every season. Um, so uh-huh. I, it says here on the NHL website that you know, the financial terms of each agreement weren't disclosed, but there's obviously leakers out there and stuff like that. Well, Turner Sports paid two hundred and twenty-five million for the B package, which yeah, which we said package. a few weeks ago, you know, that was the A package for NBC and they didn't You're really right. want to do it. But now it's interesting the trickle the trickle down effect, mm-hmm. trickle down economics, uh the trickle down effect where now NBC sports is now being disintegrated. Yeah. Which it yeah. sucks because you don't, you know, those people, you don't want to see people out of work, right? No, you but, don't. But um, it's interesting. I think TNT though. has a great opportunity here to really kind of Take this and run. Uh, they've obviously know what they're doing with intermission and pregames when it comes to the NBA. I think you got to go get some of those kind of guys for TNT, and you have to have the same type of deal. Uh, just like how they do the NBA shows, it has to be done the same way for yeah. the NHL. Um, I think they're going to be really going after someone like Biz Nasty, Paul Bissonette. I think he would yeah. be great to be put on a big media right. stage. He whether, was good with TSN. He was. Short and stint. Whether or not he decides to leave Barstool, um, and spitting chiclets and all that kind of stuff. Uh, you know what? Now that I'm thinking about it, I don't even know if TNT would even want to go touch him because there's just a whole oh, other bunch of crap that comes with it. Yeah. yeah. Um, but even people like Scott Gomez, like people with personality, you know, BXA, man. Um, Carlo Koliakovo. I like, I do like BXA. Like, I'd like to see those guys get a nice call up to the majors. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it'd be kind of a cool situation, but yeah, like even, you know, I'd say find the equivalent of the Shacks or the Charles Barkley's of the NHL, you know, guys that were really good, but also have a personality that can attract some viewership. Um, and then maybe another side personality that doesn't have anything to do with hockey that can sort of segue some other viewers into this, into the sport as well. So I think you're right. G. I think they have a big opportunity here. Huge. And you know what? It's just, it's Huge. entertaining to watch TNT on NBA. Like this would be a scenario. I mean, where P and I hate to, I hate to say it, but I think PK Subban would thrive in this. Yeah. hundred kind of percent. I was thinking about it too. Uh, PK and like Paul Bissonnette. And then you get uh, like an ex coach in there or someone who imagine if Tortorella decided to just leave hockey and jump on yeah. there. What they have such a good opportunity in front right. of them. Um, it's really going to attract a different audience and, you know, more eyeballs just means 
more attention to the league and more money for the league. And, you know, Gary Bettman said with the NHL salary cap, it's tied to revenues, but the cap is expected to stay flat at 81 and a half for the foreseeable future. But deals like this with ESPN and TNT should be able to increase that sooner than expected. Um, Can you imagine if we hadn't gone through this pandemic and these deals had gone down? I could honestly maybe see the salary cap by 2023 being close to 100 million. Uh, maybe maybe that's a stretch, but you'd have Seattle coming in, and if they had a good success, just like how Vegas did, and I think they would because Seattle, you know, in the Western Hockey League, it's a it's a hockey town. I would like to think it's a sports town. You know, they've had their basketball team stripped from them. They got the the Seahawks, which is obviously massive, but then they really only have the Mariners, who have been a dumpster fire for a long time, and the Seattle Sounders and the MLS. They've actually been a really good MLS team. I think they went. Uh, they went to four of the last five MLS Cup finals, three against us uh, Toronto FC natives. Um, but anyway, I think it'd be really good for the NHL if the pandemic never happened. I think it'd be good for all sports, obviously. But this is going to be very exciting to see. Very excited. I'm very much looking forward to it. Me too. I'm, I'm looking at, like, you know, the broadcasting of hockey, they really have an opportunity now to make it more entertaining, and they should. I just hope they don't bring the nbc people i really don't we'll I mean, see I, i'll take I mike tarico he, he can come over from nbc so he's I, awesome. okay maybe one or two of them but like the I'd majority of them Sharp. pretty brutal not, <laughs> yeah, not, yeah. I, I i can't watch it dude i legit can't watch an nbc broadcast i just can't do it give uh you can have bissonette pk uh eddie Olchek, and then bring in like a t ernie johnson let ernie host the show and learn hockey and all that kind of stuff can you i just i it's making me so excited to think about we're gonna see Stephen a talk about hockey uh because you know espn they're gonna have to talk about it on first take it's it's their property like part yeah. of their property right so they're gonna want to pump it up obviously uh, it's uh, very exciting. Um, So they're going to have a bunch of Stanley Cup final games on their broadcast for the next seven years. So speaking of the Stanley Cup finals, let's get yeah, to sure. our picks here before we end the show. So a couple weeks ago, like I had said, not too long ago, we each are going to put $5 in. Give us a pick. We're going to give a pick for who we think is going to win the Stanley Cup. Um, if one of our picks happens to get it, we'll take the money and then obviously flaunt it in everyone's face. Do any of you guys want to give your pick first? I, I seems no confident, no no secret. All right, Mike, fire it out there. You can go first then. Uh, mine uh, is the Colorado Avalanche. Uh, I mean, there's no secret. I think that Nazem Kadri is a deal breaker for them. Uh, <laughs> you know, I think he's got. I really believe that he's got the ability to help them win a Stanley Cup. I really do. So, uh, you know, I think if him, obviously Nathan McKinnon. Uh, healthy Landis guy. I don't know. Like, I love you know, how you put Kadri ahead of all those guys. It's amazing. Listen, listen, listen. <laughs> it's not I like mean, you got blue lights and a leaf I, flag behind I, you. <laughs> I love. I really do love Nas and Kadri. I do, no, really? obviously Nathan McKinnon is you know <laughs> the most important player on that team, um, and obviously he's the big reason. He's going to be a big part of uh, uh, if they're successful or not. Uh, I also think that goaltending is something to watch out for the Colorado Avalanche. Uh, you know, they brought in Devin Dubnik uh, as a solid backup to Grubauer. Uh, and I say solid, and I put that in air quotes because really we don't know. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it's 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 up to goaltending, I think. And, Kak, you might say that that contradicts my uh, previous comments about the Leafs. But... Oh, no, I'm just laughing that Kadri is the eighth leading scorer and has played the most games out of those eight. So, but, yeah. Yeah, no, what a fucking saying? legend. Uh, okay. But, yeah, no, Grubauer... 
let's see him replicate this in the playoffs. So, I, I would like to see that. So, Mike, your, your pick is Colorado, and you gave your reason why you think they're going to win. Now, is there something that potentially might be holding them back? Where do you think... Kadri will- getting suspended. Kadri <laughs> getting suspended. Kadri getting suspended. Where do you think the flaw will be and why a reason Colorado might not win the Stanley Cup? Kadri is no longer on the Leafs, which <laughs> means he will never get suspended, you know, in the playoffs again. I, I really don't think he will. Um, but... Uh, I don't know. I mean, maybe the only thing threatening them is some of the teams that they have to go through uh, to get to the final to win the, the Stanley Cup. Um, you know, lots of really good teams out there. You know, Vegas, uh, even even teams like Minnesota, the Islanders. Like, eventually you're going to have to go through some of these teams. And Tampa Bay, like Boston, you know, like all really, really good teams. So it's tough to say. Um, I think. Colorado can beat any of those teams on any given day. But uh, like I said, just depends on you know, who they meet at what given time in the playoffs and where where each team is at. But uh, I really do think that they are one of the better teams set up for success going into the playoffs. Good answer. Good answer. All right. So Mikey's pick is locked in with the Colorado Avalanche. CAC, who is your favorite to win the Stanley Cup and why? Seattle Kraken. Oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to come out of nowhere with their no roster. Uh, 2023 I mean, champs. <laughs> you never know. Knock on wood. I'd be remiss if I don't pick my boys in gold. I mean, I, look, I, really, I can't. I mean, look, he's picked Colorado. <laughs> what? Stop. Carolina, well, 69 points. Nice. Pittsburgh. I don't know. I just. They're just a deep team. They mm-hmm. ran into horrible luck last year. Robin Leonard, I mean, stats say otherwise, but really he wasn't that great. Um, who did Tampa Bay play in the final? Oh, Dallas. Yeah, that, they just flatlined in the playoffs, uh, the, the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, but, you know, this this time around, I'm hoping, knock, I, I, like, I can't, you know what, they're right now, I mean, I know points and standings are subjective, but they got 70 points right now. They are... When I watch them, they're just firing on all cylinders. The goaltending has been spectacular. Uh, it's kind of, I, I kind of, it's kind of hard for me not to pick them, and it doesn't help I, that I really like them. I agree, Cac. Like I, I, it was hard for me not to say Vegas as well, given their goaltending situation. And I really do think they have one of the strongest rosters all around overall in the league. Uh, so I just, I just Top can't do it. I just can't can't pick them for four years being in the league. I cannot stop. I I just can't do it. Uh, I do well, want to interject here for a second. I have to point out for our YouTube uh, viewers, my laptop screen has died out completely because I'm an idiot and forgot to charge it and plug it in. So that's why we are now down to three screens. But anyway, oh, I was wondering why that was. CAC, please yeah, continue. So, but your reason as to why yeah, the Vegas Golden Knights might not win the Stanley Cup. I Well, you know what? And why? why they won't is what happened last year. They just, for whatever reason, the goaltending was just horrible. Like, look, I I don't know. This is one of the rare times where I was like, just go back to flurry because whatever, for whatever reason, Leonard just looked very lethargic in that. I don't know what it was. Uh, But I think if they don't have the puck luck, if the goaltending's a little off their defense, Petrangelo, it's so weird. I've been saying it wrong all these years. (laughs) I don't know. But Petrangelo has not been the same Petrangelo as he was when he was leading the St. Louis Blues. I would like to see how this defense measures up. I think, you know, the other thing is Max Pacioretty has been doing pretty good this season, but he's a very streaky player. So I can see a scenario where in a series, he's completely just invisible and as a ghost. So I like their depth up front, their defense, their top four is pretty good. It'll come to 
how lethargic the goaltending might be and the and the, and the bounces because it was going every Dallas's way pretty much most of the time, and it was kind of tough to watch because it's like, Argh! but there were some know. crazy games between uh, Dallas and Vegas for sure. For sure. All right, so Vegas and Colorado are the two teams locked in. Now, I do want to preface this by saying I, I messaged you guys before. Fucking you scumbag record, piece of shit. I, I know exactly where this is going. I'm already pissed. <laughs> we both knew at the same time, too, I, but go on. I said know? this might make you guys a little angry, and, you know, I didn't say what team I was going to pick. I said there's a lot of teams that I could choose from. Um, but it hurts me to say that I think the Stanley Cup champions <laughs> – Wait for it. I think this year I'm going with the Boston Bruins. Um, no, no shit. No, you guys, okay. you guys can call me traitor. Do whatever you boo, want. Boo, we I, knew I wish it. I could control the soundboard right now. <laughs> we knew it the second you said it too. Wrong answer. Why? Bad answer. All right, Bad all right, answer. All right, well, I hey, you know, journalistic integrity, unbiasedness. I gotta, I gotta go with what I really think is gonna happen here. So, the Boston Bruins, uh, basically, they're a battle-tested team. They're getting hot at the right time, and if anything, I can't take you seriously with that face, Cack, but if I, I can't look at you. Um, history has shown us that the hottest team going into the playoffs, most of the time, usually ends up winning the Stanley Cup, if not getting a trip to the finals. Um, that's just usually how it plays out. And right now they're one of the hottest teams in the league. Now there's still a couple weeks left, but they're trending in the right direction. Uh, Taylor Hall, you know, we crapped on him all season and I'm still not buying the stock on Taylor Hall, but right now it's at an all time high uh, in the last two, three seasons. And it's, it's clearly working out. They found a fit. Now, I don't know if that's going to stay as I just pointed out, but it might be just a boost from a new environment, new team, new players, just a new life. So let's see if he can keep that rolling into the playoffs. You have a veteran captain in Patrice Bergeron, who I think is one of the all-time best two-way players in the game. Brad Marchand has been unreal uh, for the last couple seasons. He's just playing on another level. I think he leads the team in points um, ahead of Bergeron by like more than 10 or close to 10 16 point differential Ooh. okay way more than that <laughs> um so if he can keep that going you know Pasternak can obviously score from anywhere uh they have a great coach and if they can make it out of the east they can beat anyone I'm convinced um the reason why they won't win the Stanley Cup is for that exact reason I just laid out the east is stacked they're gonna have to get past the Islanders the Pittsburgh Penguins and the Washington Capitals but like I said if they can get out of the division, they're smooth sailing. Um, those three teams are going to give them a tough time. Don't get me wrong. They're going to have to go through a war in those first two rounds. Uh, the defense are kind of suspect. Obviously, they don't have Tory Krug back there. They lost Zidane Char, so you have a lot of character and poise that is no longer there. Charlie McAvoy kind of leading the pack. Mike Riley was a somewhat of a good addition at the trade deadline, but I think that's what's going to hinder them. But... Ultimately, I think what's going to hinder them is running into the Leafs, <laughs> a brand new Leafs team, and they're going to get slapped. They're going to be confused. they don't have. They're going to say, "What the fuck is going on here?" Well, we'll I'm, see how they, it plays out. We'll see how it plays. They out. don't have playoff performer Riley Smith. Well, they did, but anyway, no, they didn't. Yeah, they did. They did. They did. We'll see so, how it. We'll see how it. Well, plays yeah, we'll out. see. I mean, it's so a there, terrible the, fucking take. I mean, there's our. It's, cup, a, there's our it's cup a ballsy picks. pick. It's a ballsy pick. <laughs> hey, you know no, what, I, Geo, Geo, in all seriousness. All bias aside, I think it's a great pick. Boston, <laughs> uh, honestly, honestly, I think Boston, uh, I, I play, flips. you know, I fucking hate Boston, obviously, <laughs> yes, but yeah. it's not so going to, it's not going to blind my judgment and say that I'm not going to, I'm not going to 
blatantly lie and tell you that I don't think that they have a really good shot at winning a Stanley Cup this year because I think they do. Uh, I just choose not to entertain that, them picturing them win the Stanley Cup this year. So I get it. I get it. Well, there it is. Boston, Colorado, Vegas. Um, I think those have been in the group of six to seven favorites for the last couple of years. One of them has to eventually come through. Boston got really close a couple of years ago and they lost to St. Louis. So it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. I'm very surprised none of us actually chose the Toronto Maple Leafs because I do huh. think I, they were my honorable nomination. And um, I just think they have an easier path to get to the final four. They can make it out of Canada barring they don't Toronto Maple Leaf all over themselves. But uh, it's a waiting game. Guys, thank you once again for listening to the Face Off Hockey Podcast. Subscribe if you're watching us on YouTube. If you didn't hit the, the button at the beginning of the show, do it now, please. Drop a comment. Leave us a review on any platform. That's also on Apple, Spotify, Google, wherever you listen to a, the podcast. You can follow us on social media, Twitter and Instagram, at Pod. Follow us at the names below. Keep track of Boston, Vegas, and Colorado because we're going to be keeping track and we want you guys to follow along as well. But we get you out of here with Yager. Salute.